to this wonderful service in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. We are looking at understanding the new covenant and today we are looking at the potency of the new covenant. Praise the Lord. How potent is this covenant? How powerful is this covenant? That's what we are looking at. Praise the Lord. Now, before we go further, I would just like to refresh your minds on what a covenant is. A covenant is worst exchange between two parties with blood as the witness or as the seal. Praise the Lord. Worst exchange by two parties with blood as the seal, as the covenant as the seal of the covenant. It's, it's important for you to understand that any covenant that does not have blood doesn't have the power to stand. Any covenant that does not have blood doesn't have the power to stand. Hallelujah. So, in a covenant, if you look at it before we became Christians, back home, we had so many covenants that were going on with blood. We have so many covenants that were going on, demonic covenants, satanic covenants, that we we entered and they will always ask you to bring an animal. They always ask you to bring an animal. The blood of that animal was what made that covenant, that demonic satanic covenant valid. Praise the Lord. So most of the things, if you study the demonic kingdom carefully, sometimes it will help you to understand. It will help you to understand um, the covenant that is in the blood, the covenant that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So please listen carefully. The potency of the covenant. It was through Abraham that the covenant was made. Through Abraham the covenant was made. The covenant, the new covenant is the covenant of Abraham. The covenant that God made with Abraham, that was the covenant that was ratified. That was the covenant that was made everlasting. That was the covenant that was made new. Praise the Lord. That was the covenant that was made what? New. Alright. So we understand that when we talk about the covenant, we are talking about two parties exchanging words and then blood is offered and both parties partake of the blood. Both parties do what? They will partake of the blood. They will partake of the blood. They have, if, if they don't partake of the blood, the covenant cannot be valid. The covenant cannot be enforced. So if you see the old covenant, especially right after they came out of Egypt, Moses sprinkled the blood on them. You can find that in Hebrews chapter 9. Moses sprinkled the blood on them and said, this is the covenant the Lord has made with you. This is what the covenant. He sprinkled the blood on them. 
to signify the covenant that the Father made with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's begin today by reading Genesis chapter 15. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter 15. After Abraham had believed God, the scripture said, Abraham asked this question. Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. Sorry, Genesis chapter 15. Verse 8, then I'll read verse 18. Genesis chapter 15, verse 8, then I'll read verse 18. Now, verse 6, Abraham believed God, and God credited that belief or that faith to him as righteousness. Verse 8, Abraham asked God this question, and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know? that I shall inherit it. Because by seven, God promised Abraham the land. He said he will give Abraham the land where Abraham was to him and his descendants. Then he asked, whereby shall I know that I will inherit the land? Praise the Lord. When the Lord spoke to Abraham and Abraham believed God, you think that would have been enough for Abraham to believe that God will give him the land. But he wanted something more tangible. He wanted something more potent. Hallelujah. Amen. He wanted something that was so convincing. He didn't just want to take words. He wanted something more. Because in Genesis chapter 16, uh, so he said Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, he believed God. What did he believe God? He believed God that he was going to be the father of many nations because in verse 6, in verse 5, he brought him forth abroad and said, Look towards heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. So the reason why Abraham believed God was that the Lord showed Abraham the stars. It was a convincing proof. It was evidence to prove that his descendants would be like the stars. But when God mentioned the land, God, Abraham needed something more. He wanted something because for his descendants, he saw that they are going to be like the stars. But what was going to be the proof that God would give him the land? Praise the Lord. From there, God told from verse 9, see verse 9, God said to him, take me an heifer of three years, a sheep goat of three years old. And a, a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So God asked Abraham to bring these animals. And then verse 18, we are told, in verse 18, In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the river the river Euphrates. Praise the Lord. So when God showed Abraham the stars, Abraham believed God. 
When God told Abraham that I'm going to give you the land, Abraham asked, how shall I know? Because there was nothing to prove. There was nothing to cause Abraham to believe what God was saying. So God has to enter into a covenant by telling Abraham that he will give this land to Abraham. Because if you remember, if you look at verse 16, verse 16 says, In the fourth generation they shall come again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So in verse, from verse 10 going, God began to list what was going to happen to the descendants of Abraham. How they were going to possess the land. God told Abraham how they were going to become slaves for 400 years. God told Abraham how he would judge the, the nation Israel and the children, his descendants would come back and possess the land. So you will notice two things. In Genesis chapter 15, Abraham saw something. There was an evidence. There was a proof of something. Then Abraham believed God. And that was credited to him for righteousness. When God spoke about the land, there was something. God, Abraham asked, how shall I know? So he wanted another proof, another evidence. He wanted something more convincing. So the Lord showed him, the Lord made a covenant with him and told him, 400 years, your children will be in captivity. They will come out after 400 years and then they will inherit the land. Praise the Lord. Alright. So you see that God entered into a covenant with Abraham. Now remember I told you that in a covenant, there's always the sharing of blood. There's always what? The sharing of blood. You will see here the animals that were used for the covenant. Both parties have to provide blood. Both parties have to do what? To provide blood. If both parties doesn't provide blood, it cannot be a covenant. Abraham provided blood. Three years old heifer, three years old goat, three years old ram, turtle dove, and a dove, a pigeon. That was the blood Abraham presented. That was the blood representing Abraham. Those, those, the blood of those animals represented Abraham. But you know that the blood of God was missing. But God said in verse 18 that he has entered into a covenant with Abraham. Did you notice that? Go to Genesis 15 again. Verse 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. So you will see from the story of Abraham how God was preparing for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is why when Jesus came, he said, this is the blood of my blood of the new covenant. You see that? So you will see that when Jesus came to ratify, to, to complete the covenant, there was no blood from any man. There was no blood from what? From any man. There was no blood from any man. Apart from, it was his blood. It was his blood. The reason was that 
It was the Abrahamic covenant that was going to be put into full completion. Hallelujah. And that God needed to provide his blood. In Genesis chapter 15 verse 18, in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. If you understand what a covenant is, both parties have to partake of the blood of the covenant. Both parties have to partake, have to provide their blood. If you have watched some movies and if you have listened to some stories, you see men and women entering to blood covenant. Both parties have to cut themselves and squeeze blood into water or into a drink and drink it. That binds the two souls together. That makes the two souls one. Hallelujah. So here the scripture says the Lord entered into a covenant with Abraham. The Lord made a covenant with Abraham. But Abraham was the only one who provided what? Blood. The blood of animals represented the blood of Abraham and his seed. So when Jesus came, Jesus, the Lamb of God, Jesus came to offer his blood for the covenant the Lord made with Abraham to come into full completion. Praise the Lord. Alright. Have that in mind. We will come back to this verse again. So the blood of God, the Father has provided his blood so the covenant is complete. Hallelujah. The covenant is what? Is complete. He has provided his blood. The covenant is complete. That is why he said, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of what? Of me. Now, in, 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 in Luke 22, verse 19 to 20, you will see Jesus saying that he will no longer drink of the fruit of this vine until he drink it again with us in his father's kingdom. Amen. I want you to understand that everything God is doing is something that in the eyes of God it has already happened. It has already passed. God will not start something except he has completed it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 3. How potency is this covenant? Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. We are going to be reading from verse. Because of time, let's read 14 to 15, then we'll jump to 19 and 21. Now, remember that the children of Israel were in captivity when Jeremiah was writing these letters. They were in what? They were in captivity. And they were going to be there for how many years? 70 years. Alright, verse 14. 
He says, Behold, the day comes, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow out unto David. Now, look at verse 14 and Mark verse 15. The branch of righteousness to grow out unto David and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Now, this is talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about who? Jesus Christ. Now, did, did you notice that here, he says that he will cause the branch to grow out of unto who? Unto David. Here, he is using David. He's using who? David. This is not Abraham. Here, he's talking about David. A branch was going to come out of David. And, we are, and this is referring to who? To Jesus Christ. Now, in the Bible, there are two covenants that are valid in the Bible. The covenant the Lord made with Abraham and the covenant he made with David. The, the only difference is that in David, the covenant has to do with kingship. Hallelujah. In David, the covenant has to do with what? With kingship. In Abraham, the, the covenant has to do with what? Blessings. Inheritance possesses the lands. But it's the same covenant. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is why Jesus is called the son of David. That's why Jesus is called what? Blam Bartimaeus prophetically said, he said, Jesus, that son of who? David. And in Israel, they understand that the Messiah who is going to rule forever is the descendants of who? David. Praise the Lord. Alright, hold that thought. Let's jump to verse 19 to 20 because of time. Praise the Lord. Alright, let me read verse 17. For that says the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. David shall never do what? Want a man to sit. That is why Jesus is called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The kingship and the priesthood covenant. Verse, 19, verse 18. Neither shall the priest, the Levites, want a man before me to offer burnt offerings and to carry meat offerings and to do sacrifices continually. And the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah saying, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, that there should not be day and night in their season, then may also my covenant be broken with my servant David, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne, and will deliver the priest, my ministers. Did you see that? Verse 22. And as the host of heaven cannot be numbered, neither the son of the seed measured, so will I multiply the seed of David, my servant, and Levites, the minister, the minister unto me, that minister unto me. So here, David covenant, the covenant the Lord made with David, the sign of the covenant, the potency of that covenant is that as long as there is day and night, David will never lack a man to sit on the throne. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is who our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So, the reason why I'm showing you this is that naturally, naturally, if if you don't believe that you are one with Jesus Christ, if you don't believe that you and Christ are one, you are in covenant with Christ, if you can just use this natural, the day and the night, you can use the day and the night to believe that you are in covenant with God or the covenant the Lord had with you is at work. Hallelujah. Because the covenant with David could not be fulfilled until Jesus came and said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Hallelujah. This is my blood of what? The new covenant. And we know that the new covenant includes the one that Jesus, the Lord made with David. The one the Lord made with David and the one the Lord made with Abraham. These are the two covenants that were put into full completion by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now he says that if you wake up in the morning and you see this, the sun comes out and at every time the night season comes, the covenant is working. The covenant is what is working. That is how powerful and potent the covenant is. The question is, which of the can the devil stop the sun from coming out? Can the devil stop the night season? Can the devil come and say that now there's going to be only day, no night? Can you imagine the devil doing that? He cannot. He doesn't have that capacity to do that. He cannot cause these things not to come. These are things that are set by God. And God said, as long as you see these things, know that the covenant is what? Is working. Praise the Lord. All right. Let me show you. <laughs> Let me show you one other thing. In Genesis 22, so with David, the covenant with David, the potency of that covenant was day and night. It was what? Day and night. That as long as the day comes, as long as the night comes, that covenant cannot be broken. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So anytime you wake up and you see the day, know that God's covenant with you can be broken. When the night comes, know that the covenant with the covenant that the Lord has made with you is at work. Hallelujah. I want you to see things differently. Anytime you see the sun out in the morning, God's covenant concerning your life is working. When the narcissist comes, God's covenant is what? Is working. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. These are natural ordinances. They are natural ordinances. They were to prove the potency of the covenant. The day was to prove that the covenant is working. The night was to prove that the covenant is working. Praise the Lord. It was a sign to, to the children of Israel that David would never lack a son to sit on the throne. There will always be a king in Israel. Hallelujah. That there will always be what? A king in Israel who will rule forever and ever. Hallelujah. That is why, do you remember that when Jesus was about to go, the disciples asked him, he said, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Let's go to Matthew. Matthew Gospel. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Matthew Gospel. The Gospel of Matthew. We are 
We will come back to Jeremiah, but let's go to Matthew Gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you Matthew? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, sorry. Not, not Matthew. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Not Matthew. Acts chapter 1. Listen carefully to the way the disciples asked Jesus this question. And you understand the mind of the Jewish people. You understand the mind of what? The Jewish people. Praise the Lord. Look at, so Jesus was talking about, so let me just start from Acts chapter 1, verse 1 going. The former treaty I have made, O Tephilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, unto the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, has given commandments unto the apostles whom he has chosen. Verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining of the kingdom. Now, speaking of the things pertaining of what? The kingdom. Do you see that he used the kingdom? Now, do you see that Jesus in Matthew Gospel began his ministry by saying, Repent for what? The kingdom. Did you see that? The what? The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Do you remember that even in Romans, he said the kingdom of God is no food, drink, but the power of the Holy Spirit. He said in, 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 in Luke Gospel that the kingdom of God is within what? Within you. So you will see that the children of Israel, they are kingdom minded. They are what? kingdom minded because of the covenant that the Lord made with David. Praise the Lord. Because of Davidic covenant that David would never lack a man to sit on the throne. And the reason for this covenant is that the children of Israel, because of the way they were oppressed by the Romans, the Roman Empire, they wanted their king that would come and defeat the Roman Empire. They wanted to be set free. The only difference is that they didn't know that this was in a different way. This was the freedom from sin. Freedom from bondage. They didn't know. So when Jesus came and Jesus was about to leave, look at what he said he began for 40 days Jesus was talking to them about the kingdom and their mind was a physical kingdom. Their mind was what? A physical kingdom. Verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. When Jesus said they should wait for the promise of the Father, their minds went back to the kingdom. Their minds went back to what? The kingdom. Because of the covenant that the Lord made with David, that as long as the day and the night will come, there will be a man that will sit upon the throne of David. Hallelujah. Their man went back into what? Into the kingdom. Alright. He said they should wait for the promise of the Father, which he said. Which says he, he have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. 
When therefore they were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, would that at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? He said that, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel because of the covenant that they have? The covenant that the Lord made, that David will not lack a man to sit upon his throne. And during the reign of David, no nation defeated Israel in a war. No, 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 no. Do you know that David never lost a war? The children of Israel prospered. They were secured. I mean, Israel was the superpower of their days during the reign of David. So Israel naturally is looking for a king like David to come. That is why they believe that their Messiah has not yet come. They believe that when their Messiah comes, he will reign like David. He will rule like David and they will become the world superpower again. But unfortunately, the Messiah has come already. Hallelujah. He has come already. Praise the Lord. So they were kingdom what? Minded. That's why they asked Jesus, will you at this time restore the kingdom unto us? It's because they were talking based on the covenant. Because they heard Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant. So they are covenant minded. They believe that the son of David should come and rule in Israel. Praise the Lord. Alright. So now let's go to Genesis chapter 22. Let me show you. So remember that the covenant of David was that the son and the day and the night will continue. They will not cease. That was the importance of this covenant. Let's look at the one God made with Abraham. Genesis 22. Now, Genesis 22 is talking about Isaac and Abraham. It's a picture of Jesus and the Father. Isaac is a picture of Jesus. Isaac is a picture of who? Jesus. And then God acting as Abraham, offering Isaac as an offering. And this time, God offered Jesus as a sacrifice for us. Praise the Lord. So go, go with me to Genesis 22. Verse 15 going. So Genesis 22 is a covenant act. Is the actual covenant of Abraham. The Abrahamic covenant. The validity the potency of Abrahamic, Abrahamic covenant was declared in Genesis 22. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. So that was the first time the angel called him. He said, do not kill the Lord. And told Abraham was to do. The second time the angel called out of heaven the second time. And he said, By myself have I sworn. Hallelujah. Now this is not a covenant. The importance of this covenant is not day and night. It is God swearing by himself. Hallelujah. The importance of this covenant is not what? It's not day and night. It is God swearing by himself. It is God doing what? Swearing by himself. And we know that in scriptures, 
the Lord has fulfilled the covenant he made with David and the covenant he made with Abraham. The kingship covenant and the blessed covenant. The, possess, the possession of the land. Praise the Lord. The possession of what? The land. In this covenant, the Lord swore the potency of the Abrahamic covenant which the Lord Jesus Christ came to fulfill is that God took an oath by himself. God has sworn by himself. I believe believers will come to this understanding that when it comes to you, God has sworn by himself to bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. When it comes to you, God has done what? God has sworn by himself to bless you. Most Christians don't believe this. Most Christians, even, they don't have understanding of this. So they think that they have to beg God. They think they have to cry. They think they have to do so many things for God to bless. No. If you understand the covenant, then you are blessed. Hallelujah. If you understand the covenant, then you are what? Then you are blessed. If you understand the covenant, the blessing should flow to you. You shouldn't struggle to walk in blessings. Because this covenant of possessing the land, this covenant of possessing the grace of your enemies, this covenant of possessing blessings, God swore by himself. By himself. The reason why God could not swear by any other thing, the reason why God would not even use the ordinances of the day and night was that he is greater than the day, he is greater than the night. Hallelujah. He is greater than the day, he is greater than what? The night. That is why he took the oath by himself. Praise the Lord. Now, in naturally, in the covenant, naturally, when men make covenant, they swear by themselves. Or they swear to a greater deity. They swear to something that is greater. God couldn't find anything that is greater than himself. So God swore by himself that in blessing, he will bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there is a sworn oath for God to bless you. There's an oath for your deliverance. God has sworn by himself to deliver you. He has sworn by himself to bless you. He has sworn by himself to protect you. You are in a covenant. Hallelujah. So it means I am in the covenant. And God has sworn by this covenant. By himself. To bless me. To deliver me. To protect me. To provide for me. This covenant cannot fail. Hallelujah. That is the potency of the covenant we are in. This is the potency. It is not a covenant by day. The potency of this covenant is beyond day and night. Even though day and night cannot be stopped by any devil, God did not use day and night when he was swearing to Abraham. Hallelujah. God was not using what? Day and night. When he was swearing to Abraham, he used himself. God is greater than the day and the night. Hallelujah. God is greater than what? The day and the night. God is greater than the day and the night. That is why he took the oath by himself. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the new covenant is God swearing concerning you. 
That's the potency of the new covenant. The potency of the new covenant is that God has sworn by himself to bless you. The potency of the new covenant is that God has sworn by himself to protect you. The potency of the new covenant is that God has sworn by himself to provide for you. It's a sworn covenant. Not by anything. By himself. Nothing is greater than God. God cannot swear to anything. God cannot swear by anything. So God has to swear by himself. Hallelujah. God has to do what? God has to swear by himself. So the new covenant is God swearing by himself to bless you. Praise the Lord. The potency of the new covenant is God swearing by himself. Most Christians are not aware. They don't have this knowledge. So they'll go around being beaten by the devil, beaten by witches and wizards, frustrated, dejected, they are sick, they are oppressed, they are demonized. When God has sworn by himself, Praise the Lord. He has sworn by himself to bless you. So Christianity is a covenant. Man, there is no religion that can claim what we are saying. Are you getting it? There is no religion that can claim what I am telling you tonight. Only in Christianity that we know that the almighty God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the true God, the living God, has sworn by himself to bless you. Hallelujah. So we are the most dangerous men on earth. You tamper with any Christian, God will react against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are covenant children. Praise the Lord. We are covenant children. We are covenant children. Even if God has no son by himself and we were using the ordinances, it will still be valid. Because no devil can stop the day no devil can stop the night. Hallelujah. No devil can do what? No devil can stop the day. No devil can stop the night. The covenant is working. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is why this time, you see, God swore by himself in Genesis chapter 22. That is why by himself he came and went to the cross to finish the part of his deal. Hallelujah. In, in Genesis chapter 22, it was Abraham taking Isaac. Isaac was a type of Christ. Was a type of what? Christ. Praise the Lord. So when Isaac was being taken to be sacrificed, it was like God releasing Jesus into the cross. Praise the Lord. That is why you have to understand the mystery of the death of Christ. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. If you don't believe it, that's your own problem. But for me, it's a covenant. And that covenant cannot be stopped by any devil. Because God has sworn by himself. Hallelujah. That covenant cannot be stopped by what? By any devil. There's no devil. There's no witch. I don't care the name. There's no force. There's no idol in the world. There's nothing that can stop this covenant. God has sworn by himself. Man, how I wish so many Christians who have this understanding walk freely on this earth. And walk freely on this earth. And walk freely on this earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let me bring something else. Let, let's move to something more potent. 
something more what more potent. God has sworn by Himself. That is the potency of this covenant. In Jeremiah, do you know that in Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 31, 32. Remember when we started the teaching, there's a phrase there. God said, even though I was a husband unto them. Did you know that? Even though I was a what? A husband unto them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, naturally, the prized possession of every man is his wife. Naturally. Praise the Lord. Because people don't have understanding, they can use material things to replace their wives. But naturally, a man's crown price, his prized possession should be his wife. But because of lack of understanding, corruption of the mind, corruption of the soul, we don't see that. But God said in Jeremiah 31, 32, that this covenant, even though I was a husband unto them, Praise the Lord. The potency of the new covenant is that God, being the husband, gave himself for his wife. God what? God, being the husband, gave himself for the wife. Gave his life for the wife. Gave his life for the bride. Praise the Lord. So God said that in Jeremiah 31, 32. Now if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, you will see Paul emphasizing the covenant, the potency of the covenant with husband and wife. He started in Ephesians chapter 5 talking about how a man should live with his wife. Then he came down to the line. He said that this is a great mystery concerning the church. Hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. I have to summarize all of this because of time. Ephesians chapter 5. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, let's start from verse. Because we can't read everything, we'll just go and just start from verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Now, Who's, who is the savior of the body? Christ. Individually and collectively, Christ is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wife be to their own husbands in everything. Husband loves your wife even as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. Did you see that? Now, I, I want to submit to you that in Christianity, the validity 
the potency of the covenant is Christ and his bride. Christ and his wife. Praise the Lord. Giving himself for the church. Giving himself for the wife. Hallelujah. Alright. Let's continue. He says, verse 26, that he must sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by what? By the word. Do you remember what he said in Ezekiel 36? I will give them a new heart. I will remove the stony heart out of them. I will sprinkle what? Clean water. Talking about the new covenant. Here we are told that he will wash the church with the washing of the water of his word. His word. Praise the Lord. So that Paul is bringing us into a greater mystery concerning the new covenant. That he went on to say this. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, no wrinkles or any such things, but that it should be holy without blemish. Praise the Lord. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. Now listen carefully. He that loveth his wife, loveth what? Do you know why in the new covenant it was not commanded for us to love God? You see, in the covenant, let me say this, in the new covenant, it is the husband loving the wife. Hallelujah. In the new covenant, it is who? It is the husband loving the bride. So men ought to love their own wives as what? As themselves. So that is why I said it will be a sin for the father to love Jesus more than you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus loves you as he loves himself. Praise the Lord. He is the bridegroom. You are the bride. Hallelujah. Christ is what? The bridegroom. You are the what? The bride. He loves you as he loves himself. Praise the Lord. Say to me, Christ Jesus loves me as he loves himself. Christ Jesus loves me as he loves himself. His love for me cannot be stopped by any devil. His love for me cannot be stopped by any devil. If I, to, to, look, let, let me shock you. His love for you cannot be stopped by sin. Hallelujah. His love for you cannot be stopped by what? Cannot be stopped by sin. So now Paul is drawing us into a greater mystery about this covenant. Praise the Lord. That men ought to love themselves. Love their wives as what? Themselves. Alright. Then he went on to say this. For no man ever yet hid his own flesh. But nourishes and cherishes it even as the Lord the church. The Lord is what? Nourishing and cherishing the church. The Lord is what? Nourishing and cherishing you. So under the new covenant, the Lord is cherishing you. The Lord is nourishing you and pouring his love upon you. Hallelujah. Loving you as he loved himself. Praise the Lord. That's the potency of the new covenant. The Lord is loving you as he loves himself. The Lord is nourishing you. 
the Lord is cherished. He cherished you so much. So in the new covenant, it is the Lord's heart, the Lord's love, the Father's heart pursuing you. The Father's heart doing what? Pursuing you. Just like in the natural, the heart of the husband pursues the wife. Hallelujah. The heart of the husband pursues what? The wife, so it is with the church. So it is with the covenant. The covenant has been ratified. God has finished his part of the covenant. Now his heart is pursuing you. He is nourishing you and cherishing you. It's a nourishment has to do with your physical well-being. Taking good care of you, making sure you are fed well. Hallelujah. Making sure you are what? Well-fed. Cherishing you has to do with your emotional needs. Hallelujah. Cherishing you has to do with what? Your emotional needs. Satisfying your emotions. Praise the Lord. That is why I say glorify God in your body and what? And in your spirit. Hallelujah. He nourishes you. It has to do with nutrition. Spiritual nutrition. Cherishing you has to do with the nutrition of your soul, your, your emotions. It has to do with the satisfaction of what? Your emotions. He satisfies your emotions. Praise the Lord. He does what? He satisfies your emotions. Hallelujah. Did you see, did you see how powerful the covenant is? He said, even though I was a husband to them, in the old covenant, they did not allow God to be a husband to them. In the old covenant, he could not nourish them. In the old covenant, he could not cherish them. In the old covenant, he could not love them. Why? His blood has not been provided yet. His blood has not been provided yet. Once his blood was provided, once he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, this is my body broken for you, then, his love gushed out like a mighty rushing waters. And it began to run, and that love began to run over us. Began to run over us. Hallelujah. Alright, let me run quick. I needed to stay here more, but time is just not going to permit us. Praise the Lord. Alright. So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. So men ought to do what? Love their wives as their own bodies. For he that loveth his wife loveth himself. And that's what God is doing. So no one yet ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Praise the Lord. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man meet his father and mother, and shall be joined into his wife. And they too shall be one. Verse 32. Look at what Paul says. This is a great mystery. This is what? A great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. I speak concerning what? Christ and the church. Verse 33. Listen carefully. Nevertheless, let every man, let every man, every one of you, in particular, so love his wife, even as himself. 
and see that the wife and and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So under the new covenant, you are not commanded to love the Lord. The Lord is loving you and you are to reverence him. Praise the Lord. Under the new covenant, you are not commanded to do what? To love the Lord. The Lord is loving you and you are to do what? To reverence him. The potency of the covenant is this. The Lord is your bridegroom. You are his bride. He loves you as himself and you ought to reverence him. Hallelujah. You ought to do what? To reverence him. That is the potency of the new covenant. Can you imagine another man coming into your house to disturb your wife? No matter how weak a man is, he will fight for the wife if he truly loves that woman. Praise the Lord. That is the potency of the new covenant. He has sworn by himself. That's number one. Number two, he is your bridegroom. Number three, you are his bride. Hallelujah. He loves you as he loves himself. And he is nourishing you and cherishing you. And in returns, you are to reverence him. Hallelujah. In returns, you are to do what? You are to reverence him. In returns, you are to reverence him. That is all the Lord is looking from you. That's all that the Lord is looking for you. To reverence him. To reverence him. But because of lack of understanding, we don't understand that God's love is perfect. We have been told to love him. But that's not what the covenant entails. The covenant said that so a man ought to love his wife as his what? As his own body. And Christ, being the bridegroom, loves the church as himself. Gave himself for the church, nourishing the church, cherishing the church, so that the church will reverence him. Hallelujah. So that the church will do what? Will reverence him. That's the potency of the new covenant. It's a marriage. The potency of the new covenant is that it is a marriage. The potency of the new covenant is it is a marriage. And Jesus loves you as he loves himself. And he's nourishing you. He is cherishing you. And you ought to reverence him. So let me say this in conclusion. The new covenant becomes a reality in your life as you reverence God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. The, new, the potency of the new covenant is validated by your reverence. By what? By your reverence. The potency of the new covenant is made a reality in your life as you reverence him. Praise the Lord. Alright, let me just bring this to your attention and we go. Go with me to Revelation chapter 19. We are running up. Revelation chapter 19. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 19, verse 6 to 7. I'll read verse 6 to 9. And I heard at his word the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty tenderness, saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice 
and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Did you see that? The marriage of what? The Lamb is ready. The marriage of the Lamb is ready. You see, when we read these things, we push it to the future. Yes, there's a future event where the marriage of the Lamb will be consummated. But it is happening right now. We can experience it now. That is what God has given us. A measure of faith. Hallelujah. A measure of faith. A down payment. God has given us a down payment of the reality of the events that are about to happen. God has given us what? A down payment. Hallelujah. For the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in what? In fine linen, clean and white. That is the washing of the water of the word of God. Praise the Lord. For the fine linen is the righteousness of what? Of sins. Did you see that? So when the new covenant was consummated, you became his righteousness. Verse 9. And he said unto me, right. Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are what? Those who are called. Those who are called. Those who are called. Praise the Lord. That is where Jesus will drink the, the fruit of the vine again. That is where Jesus will drink the blood again with us. That is where there's another communion that is going to be taken. Amen. This one, they call it the Last Supper. There's actually the Last Supper that is going to happen. Amen. There's actually what? The Last Supper that is going to happen. That is the marriage of the Lamb. Where we will drink his blood, where we will eat his flesh. He will eat and drink with us. Jesus will do what? We eat and drink with us. And then, that covenant becomes everlasting. There can no longer be suppression. And that is what he said in Revelation 22. Behold, I make all things new. Hallelujah. That they can no longer be sin under that covenant. No. They can no longer be evil. Everything becomes permanent. And everything becomes eternal. There, men will only know to do good. Men will only know to reverence God. Men who only know to praise God. They will no longer be sin. They will no longer be crying. They will no longer be dead. They will no longer be sicknesses. They will no longer be the devil and his agents. Because of the potency of the everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Because of the potency of what? The everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 22. Thank you, Jesus. No, Revelation 21. Please listen carefully. Just give me two more minutes. Revelation 21. Verse 2 going. Verse 1 going. I'm going to be fast. Our time is up. And I saw a new heaven, a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. That is something that we are going to experience. And I just saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, 
prepared as a bride, prepared as a what? As a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be what? His people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Do you remember the last phrase? Go to Jeremiah 31. You see the last phrase there. I will be their God, they will be my people. Go to Hebrews chapter 8. I will be their God, they will be my people. Hallelujah. Did you see that phrase there? We don't have time to go through it. But that phrase, the last phrase in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. He, will, he said he will dwell with them. They shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. You look at the new covenant, you see it there. In Jeremiah 31, it is there. Jeremiah 28 is there. Jeremiah 33 is there. Hebrews chapter 8 is there. Hebrews chapter 9 is there. I'll be their God, they'll be my people. Praise the Lord. As the bride upon his. Thank you, Jesus. And when this happened, and God shall wipe away all tears. There shall no longer be death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor weeping, nor pains. All the former things will be passed away. Verse 5, and behold, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. Say with me, it is done. It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to him that is a test of the fountain of the waters of life freely. Praise the Lord. The, the new covenant is the marriage of the Lamb and his bride. The validity of the new covenant is the marriage of the Lamb, the Lamb and his wife, his bride. The potence of the new covenant is Christ and his bride. Loving his bride as he loved himself, nourishing his bride, bride cherishing his, blood, his bride, and his bride in, in return, reverencing him. That is how the new covenant is consummated. That is the potency of it. It cannot. Remember what Jesus said? In, in Malachi, God heard the voice. Whatever God has put together, let no man put what? You can never put asunder. You can never be separated with the Father. You can never be separated with the Father. Nothing can separate you from the Father. That is the potency of the covenant. You can never be separated from the Father. He cannot live without you. Neither can you live without Him. It's a covenant. That is the potency of the new covenant. Somebody will say that statement is so blasphemous. No. That is the truth. God cannot live without you. Neither can you live without God. That is the potency of the new covenant. That is why you cannot fail. That is why you cannot be oppressed. That is why you cannot be a failure in this life. Rise to your feet with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I, think, I think we have to do part of this message. Because I have to summarize all of this. Praise the Lord. Lift up your voice and give God thanks. Thank you, give him thanks. Praise his name. Jesus. Give him thanks. Thank you, give him thanks. The Lord loves you as he loves himself. He loves